jump to First Corinthians chapter four real quick, one through two. It says, "Let no let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required. Everybody say required in stewards that one be found." faithful. It is required in order to be a steward for the mysteries of God that you be found faithful. My subject this morning is acquired accountability. As you're seated this morning, high five your neighbor and just tell him you're glad to see him. Even if it's not true, just tell him anyway. Fake it till you make it. That's what I always say. Y'all can be seated. (laughs) make sure you hit their hand and not like their face is kind of dark that wouldn't go over well before we get into the message this morning I can't help but reiterate a couple announcements one we're two years old come on somebody y'all don't know that the first service was actually January 14 2018 but we didn't advertise it because we didn't want people to see it yet but some people came anyway, and it was a great old time. Anybody that knows me knows I don't like to be late, and I was 30 minutes late starting service because it was a new thing for us. It was brand new, and we, we, we called our anniversary the 21st the following week. But the truth is, you know, you should be honest in, in the house of God, right? The truth is, it was the 14th, and we just hit two years, and we're into year three now. So how cool is that? We're so blessed with with, what God has done. Some of you don't know, we were in a school for almost two years. We just moved here in December. We're reacclimating. We've redesigned our setup. Everything is different than it was just, you know, six weeks ago, last week. Nate teases because I I change things weekly too. It's all about fine-tuning. So things are never the same, literally. The other thing is tomorrow we're kicking off our first annual 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church. And some of you don't really know what that's about, and that's okay. That's why I'm here. That's why we're here to share it with you. Fasting is um, biblical, even though the Daniel fast is not really something the Israelites did. It's something we as a culture have created to still test our spirit. The whole point of fasting is to withdraw things that keep you comfortable so that your physical becomes weak and you lean on your spirit. And we pray for vision. And so churches kick off the new year a lot of times with prayer and fasting because they want God to give them a vision into the current and new season. And we are definitely in a new season, in a new place, in a whole new, you know, environment we're we're still getting used to. So we're praying for God to give us vision to do this right in his way. And if he doesn't touch it, we don't want anything to do with it because this is not a show. This is the house of God. And we pray every time, God, that, that he touches what we're doing because without it, it's empty. Without God, we're, we're, we're dead. We can't live without Jesus' anointing on our, on our lives. So you can go to 1cchurch.org slash fasting, and what, what we encourage you to do is you don't have to do exactly the same as everybody else, but restrict yourself from some of the comfort things you, you would normally take. If it's not eating or drinking soda all the time, or if it's going on the Daniel diet, which is a, a vegetable and fruit-based, grain-based, oh, excuse me, geez, I don't think it's grains, is it? I need to go read the link. Fruits, vegetables, nuts is the main diet. 
The whole idea is that for 21 days, you're weakening yourselves in the flesh, and in conjunction with prayer, you're drawing closer to God, that he can speak to you on a level you haven't been spoke to before, maybe ever. Maybe, maybe, maybe you have fasted before. It's good to go through a season. It's also, in the practical, it's a good detox. If you all just want to lose some weight, too, you can do that. That's not why we do it, but it's a, it's a, there's always a, a physical and a spiritual to everything God does. Amen? So we encourage you to do it. And, of course, thank you, Michelle. We had to get Red Robin, Papa John's, some Tippin's pies, and a bunch of things this morning that made me feel really, you know, fat. And so, so tomorrow, it's all gone out the window, even the birthday cake. Grammy made me. It's got to go, Grammy. Sorry. Tomorrow it's on for the Lord. So we encourage you to join us. But this morning, what we're talking about the next two weeks is like a mini-series, not like a drama on TV, not like Knott's Landing. Anybody remember that? Not like that, even though I used to watch that with my mom. Weird, when I was like eight. Probably not the best thing. Anyway, it's a two-week mini-series before we get into our full new series in February on relationships. We got these two weeks on this idea of managing the unmanaged parts of our life. It's, 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 it's contradictory, right? There's parts of our life that we know about that we don't allow to be managed by God. And a lot of times it's intentional, right? We know, y'all know, like, when someone comes over, what do you do? You got company, you clean up the family room really good, and you clean up the kitchen. But y'all know the bedrooms are a wreck, and you just shut the doors. Come on, somebody, is it just me? Is it just me with kids? That's the way to do it, because you don't want to deal with that. It's not comfortable to deal with that. So these two weeks are building on this idea of what if we let God manage those things too? What if we really embrace God through his fasting time, through these two weeks, uh, three weeks of fasting, and said, God, we want you to really come in and manage everything. We want you to take over our temple, God, and quit. It's, it's no longer a partnership, God. You're in charge. What if we did that, and what would happen? So I'm calling this little two-week thing managing the unmanaged. But today, the subject is acquired accountability. It's part one. It's accountability. Ooh. I don't like that word. That, that like means responsibility. Like I have to take ownership of something in my life. And I don't like that. You know, it made me think of, you ever heard, you know, you go to like these mom and pop shops and you touch, you buy. You touch, you buy. So what do you tell your kids? Don't touch it. Don't touch it because I don't want to own it. We go to the lake frequently when it's warm. Soon, hopefully the warm weather will come. And we hit this new gas station. It's, it's like a luxurious gas station, if there is one. It's up there with like the QTs of the world. But there's no QT in Osage or, uh, excuse me, Kingdom City. So we go to this one right on the corner. If you happen to go to Kingdom City, it's the first one on your right. When you take a left on Highway 54, it's great. Best bathrooms in Kingdom City. Okay, that was weird. Anyway, hey, the truth comes out when you preach. That's what you want. You want truth. So we go, in this, we go in this gas station. They got sandwiches. They've got all kinds of crazy beef jerky. Nate's seen it. The flat sheets of jerky that you can drive and video yourself on and eat while you're driving to the lake. They've got uh, all different types of, 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 of cranberry teas and, and candy. And, and any, I mean, anything this station has. It's like a grocery store. And so every time they got stuffed animals. Oh, no. Every time my kids go in there, dad, dad, can we buy this? We finally had to get their little discount card. I said, we're losing points. We're keeping this place in business, and we're not getting our cut. Just give me the card that I always forget. Thank God they take my phone number, too, so we can get our points, Andre. 
got to get the points. When you got $50 in kids, every transaction, you want some points, okay? Anyway, so I tell him, don't touch it. Keep your hands off the stuffed animal. Keep your, what's the little, what's the ones they really like with the little red tags? Leave your hands off those beanie babies. Don't touch them. We're just in here. We're in and out. Bathroom, maybe a drink. Keep hydrated. That's it. Don't touch something. You don't, don't touch it. Because if you touch it, you own it. If you touch it, you got to buy it. And I don't want to buy it because that means I got to take care of the thing. Like a dog. We don't have a dog. We have lots of stuffed animals. Because you know why? They don't go on the carpet. Because I don't want to take care of that thing. I don't want to own the experience of sustaining a dog, though I like to pet them when I'm not sneezing because of their hair. But seriously, how many of you have ever faced the consequence of having to own a situation that you didn't intend to? You didn't plan on it. Maybe you were trying to help someone and you became the point of contact or maybe you were just at the wrong place at the wrong time and now here you are stuck in the middle. Oh, why me, God? You're stuck in the middle. You inherited a responsibility for something you didn't ask for. I didn't want this. This wasn't my intention. God, why are you putting it in my lap? I didn't want to touch it. You touch you by. I'm not touching it, God. Give it to someone else. And let's face it, it's easier to let someone else do it. It's easier. Just let them do it. I can just go about my way, somebody else do it. I can window shop through my life. You touch, you buy. I don't want to own it. I'm just going to window shop through my life. If I don't touch it, handle it, accommodate it, I won't have to deal with the pressure to sustain it. I don't want pressure because pressure makes diamonds. And I want to stay a lump of coal. Come on, somebody. Who remembers that sermon? The pulse of pressure. Anyway, it was only two years ago. I know y'all remember every sermon ever. It was like 80 of them ago. It's on YouTube. The pulse of pressure. We don't want that pressure because when you have pressure, it, it stresses you out. Well, it's a, it's a relative thing. It depends how you look at it, right? It's relative. And it's possible that God might be using these little windows of opportunity that you call stuck in the middle as an opportunity to transition your thought process from a borrower to a believer. He may be saying, quit letting somebody else do it. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to answer your prayers, but you keep shoving it off to somebody else. You being a borrower, I want you to be a faithful believer that takes action from dependent to independent, from inexperienced to experience, and from un unaccountable to accountable. It's not a bad word. It's a good thing when you see what it can do for your life. When you get past the work and you see the fruits of your labor, especially when God's touched it, you like accountability. It's a good thing. Opportunities come in mysterious packages, right? And how we handle the responsibility we've been given as Christians because there's a responsibility. Paul said it is required. That means there's obligation to this thing. There's a commitment. Just because Christ died on the cross and committed to us, we still have to commit to him. It's a marriage. And we know if you don't commit in your marriage, any relationship, does it work out so good? It doesn't. So Christ wants that commitment from us. And when we ask for these blessings, God will send it in a package that's mysterious. And he will use these scenarios 
to gain accountability according to the faithfulness we're willing to demonstrate in the season we're in. Well, I'll be faithful when. That's not how it works. You be faithful then. You be faithful then. Not I'll be faithful when, y'all with me? But I'll be faithful and then something good's gonna happen. God does not intend, this is a good one if you wanna write it down in the tablet of your brain. God does not intend for you to fear accountability. He desires you embrace it. I'll say it again. God does not intend for you to fear accountability. He desires you embrace it. Anybody remember the series on King David? What did he do with accountability? He embraced it. He went straight up the top of God's ladder of promotion because God knew his heart. He was a man after David's own heart, God's own heart. But if we bring it back to the culture and the practical, let's face it, everybody, we all have it. We have that loose ends of our faith. You know, the part we shut the doors on that we don't really want to talk about. It's loose. It's the loose ends that are not really being managed by God. They're kind of being managed by us in a way that's always chaotic, out of control. And we've learned to call that our faith, but it's 50-50. It's not really in the package. It's a, it's a custom order that we pulled out what we wanted and we left out what we didn't. You with me? It's the loose ends of our faith. And keeping the pieces of our lives we'd rather manage than give to God is actually toxic to our spiritual growth. It's a Christian care package. Anybody ever had like a care package delivered? It's like the best thing when you get it and you don't know it. Like the fruit thing. Like the fruit, um, what was it, Debbie? Yes, hey, you guys know this. When you get an edible arrangement, it's so good. But they don't only give you pineapple, they give you cantaloupe, they give you honeydew melon, they give you strawberries, they give you everything in it. It's a package that's all or nothing. It's not like if you just want part of it. And God says, my package for you is all or nothing. When you fully submit to you that, to me, that's what I can transform you, says the Lord. But when you keep pieces out in the loose ends and you don't want those managed by me, I never really have control of your life. You're compromising your faith and deceiving yourself. It's not pretty. Growing in the Lord is difficult. You have to be challenged sometimes. You have to be stretched beyond the areas that you thought you could do. I never was going to be a pastor. Are you kidding me? I was going to be Janet. Janet Jackson. Because Michael was too, too much. I couldn't do it. But God says, I'm going to challenge you to do something with your life that when you wake up when you're 90, you're going to be proud of because you, you went all in. And I don't remember, because I'm always writing different sermons, I'll tell you a little story here. I don't know if it's in another sermon. It's very likely it will be. But I used to have nightmares for years that I'd wake up old and I did nothing with my life except collect money, dollar bills. Because that was not, nothing's nothing wrong with money. Don't get me wrong. But that was my focus. I wanted to just make money for most of my 20s. And I'd wake up hyperventilating. I'm not kidding. In my sleep, I'd wake up panic and panic attacks. And what I didn't realize is the Holy Spirit was working on me in my sleep. He was saying, this is not what I want for you. It took years of that. I'd wake up in tears, weird stuff. And I only share it with you because I was fighting 
the accountability that I know I knew God had already set before me and I was not willing to face it. It took at least 10 years before I finally said, okay, I'm going to really do something different besides sing and play guitar and have the, have the fun part. I want to do something more. I've done that. I want to do something more, God. Use me and I will follow more. So I just started stepping. And that's how God wants to drive your faith too, is he doesn't want to give you the end from the beginning. He wants you to just be faithful from where you are and give him all because when, he, when you give all to him, you're like fresh clay and fresh clay is moldable. So as you step in the name of the Lord for anything you do, even setting the tables like we talked about, even taking out trash, cleaning toilets, whatever you do in the name of the Lord, you're serving God and he's going to guide your path then. So that includes these loose ends, these areas we don't want to give into. But when you really give it up all to Jesus, you don't even want those things anymore. You lose your taste. Your palate changes. You didn't know you liked broccoli until you ate some with some Velveeta on it. You didn't know you liked coffee until you put some creamer in it. You didn't know you liked things that were in you that were buried because you were never willing to step away from that comfortable loose end that you're never willing to give to Jesus to, to shape and to mold. But it's not easy. It takes sacrifice. No sacrifice, no reward. No risk, no reward. Anybody that ever does anything great, accomplishes anything, there's always risk. And if you wait for the day there's no risk, it won't happen. In or outside of the church, everything that's worth anything takes risk, takes sacrifice. That's why we fast. We're sacrificing something. I know it's kind of petty, oh, I'm sacrificing some meat. Hey, it's a step. It's a step. Start small. Consistency overpowers quantity. Be consistent. You step by step, says God. I want to clean up the loose ends of your faith, says the Lord. So start stepping and give it all to me, and I'm going to clean you up into a person you've never imagined you could be. You didn't know you could be a leader in my kingdom. You didn't know that this wasn't supposed to just be a high you get on Sundays, that this is an everyday thing, and that you'd die for your ministry someday. You didn't know that you'd love me that much. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. You didn't know you could love me that much, says God. God loves you that much that he died for you that way. So he wants to clean it up. The Bible calls us in the passage to be good stewards in all we are blessed with. As we represent Jesus, we are to be good stewards. That means owning what we're claiming. If we're not living to the expectation, we're not really demonstrating what we're claiming here with here. This has to support this. So we're to be good stewards in everything he's given us, everything. And God doesn't intend for you to fear this accountability of giving him full control. He wants you to embrace it because it's a good thing. It's a good thing when you see what happens when you do it. Oh, it's good. It's something you can only experience for yourself. You can't compare it to somebody else's walk because everybody's got a perfect plan. Our vision, discover God's perfect plan made just for you. It's because your plan is specific to you. Until you embrace it fully for you, God can't show you fully what he's got in store because you can't compare Nate's blessings to PJ's blessings. You can't compare Damon's blessings to Vincent's blessings because they're all uniquely defined for their walk. And so it's up to them to take their steps. Nobody can walk for you. Y'all with me? It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Be transparent with your faith. We faithfully give out of fear, maybe guilt, but not because we want to own the expectation 
set by God. We talk about giving a lot, not because we want your money, though it does bless the church, because when you become a giver, you are owning expectation God has set for your life. And so then he multiplies everything in your path. I don't really want to do that. I don't want to do it. I mean, I don't want to go. It's windy out. I don't want to go to church today. It's windy. (laughs) Well, they say it might snow next week. I think we should stay home today, guys. Well, it's just not comfortable. Yeah? And? Why do you want to be comfortable? It's not so good. You want to be spiritually lethargic? You got to circulate your blood, man. Get out there. Get active. Do something. You'll feel good when you go home. I did something for God today. I went to church for God today and myself. I did it for me and to, to, to glorify God. Y'all remember, um, <laughs> you remember the little orange pieces of, I don't know if they're like taffy. There was black and there's orange and they're solid wrappers. There's no print. They're scary candy when you're a kid because they're, what is it? Oh, I hope you don't like them because I'm about to, I'm about to dog them. (laughs) That's my wife. We have a special relationship. You like those things? What, you crazy? Anyway. So we had this bus driver when I was like in, let's see, I quit riding the bus in 10th grade because I could drive. And um, probably one of the last few times I rode the bus, Bob, the bus driver, he's trying to give out the black ones. It wasn't even the orange wrapper, Vincent, which looked possibly entertaining, but the black ones, you just straight to the trash. And so I never even tasted one. I didn't know if they were good. It didn't look good. So if it didn't look right, it wasn't for me. Who knew that there was a blessing inside that wrapper, Michelle? So I just throw it away time after time. I'm like, Bob, get some Reese's, okay? Do it right, Bob. Get some M&M's, Bob. How dare you try to bless us with candy I don't want? Well, it's funny, but... Does it sound familiar? God says, you asked for this, so I'm trying to get you to step up and do this so I can give you what you asked me for. But people seek the fruit, not the fruit giver. They seek the, they seek the fruit on the tree, but not the tree. Because, the, because growing the tree is where the work's at. Growing the roots is where the work's at. Getting the fruit's easy when you put in the work. And guess what? It's not work. When you find out it's for God and and there's joy in in the process, it becomes passion. It's work, but it's joyful work. And so some of us keep throwing the candy in the trash. Well, when he gives me a Reese's, I'm going to eat it. But until then, he gives me a black one or an orange one, forget you, Michelle. Whatever he gives me, it's going in the trash. And until God gives me my Reese's peanut butter cups, come on, somebody. I got to be creative with the illustrations so y'all don't fall asleep. Okay, but it's for real. We throw it all in the trash if it don't look like how we want. But God says, quit questioning my candy for your life and just go. Just take what I'm giving to you. If you know who's giving it, take it. It's safe. This isn't a stranger putting razor blades in your candy. This is Jesus Christ trying to bless your life. It's different. Observe the source. Is it of God? If God touched it, it's going to win. If God touched it, it's blessed. If God touched it, it's going to multiply. Seek the fruit giver. Quit worrying about what the fruit looks like. I want you to own it. I never did eat those things, just so you know. I abandoned 
my spiritual journey with those little candies. Everybody's growing, including me. Maybe someday I'll eat one if security lets me. <laughs> he wants you to own it. He wants you to own your experience while you have air to breathe. Own your experience to walk the best journey you can walk for Jesus Christ while you have air to breathe. Don't worry about what they think. Don't worry about what they say because really they're saying you first. Well, I really want to follow Christ all in two, but when somebody else does it, then I'll do it. God says you first because when you go, they're going to go and we'll do it together. I don't know. He wants you to own it. And withholding parts of your walk from God doesn't hurt God. It hurts you. It's, it's lacking accountability. You're letting go of the accountability. You're window shopping in your walk. It hurts you. We can alter his plan easily by shortchanging his expectation he's given us into something that we think is easier. The scripture said in verse one, let man consider what he sees in us as an example. I'm not going to lie. I got some, someone ripped me a new one. Can I say rip me a new one? Is that politically correct? Is that scriptural? Someone really went off on my cover. I hope they're not here. I don't think they are. I didn't know. On my cover of the sermon with the cereal box. I mean, it was crazy stuff. And I didn't even understand it. I almost said, well, how so? But the point is, there's people painting a picture in the name of the Lord that is not in the love of the Lord. It's not in the message and action that Christ took. So they're giving the church a bad name. So when people think of Jesus, they think of that. But that is not being a steward. That is not being a servant. It's about showing Christ through you. And what did Christ do in taking action and letting that be an example? So we want to shake the image that people have in their mind, the stereotype. And that's why we, we planted this church, because it's not, not that other churches are bad or any of that. It's that we felt specially called to really bring back the rawness of the scriptures and give people back the image that we believe Christ left us with to give. And so we're trying to shake off all the stereotypes, you know. Even when you put cereal boxes on the sermon clip, it's intentional. If it ruffled a feather, she's not going to forget it. She probably watched it and probably liked it. Who knows? But we're trying to shake people up out of the tradition and get back to the ministry. The tradition can stop you from the ministry. And the ministry is what it's about. He wants you to own it. He wants you to own it. And that means embracing accountability. Don't let fear stop you from desiring and embracing accountability. Did anybody see a, I want to show you something real quick. I'll show you this. See if you guys know this. If you, anybody know? Anybody know who that is? Come on, somebody. Come on. It's in the Bible. The notorious one, Connor McGregor. He fought last night. We were watching the fight. And he walks like a chimpanzee. He's got long reach. But here's the thing. He owns it. He owns what he does. When you see him, you know what he's about to do. And you know that he owns what he does. He knows what he's doing and he owns it. And he is not doubting. He is taking full on the pressure of the role he's in. And that's not even for Jesus. 
So he don't even have that canopy of love and protection over necessarily what he's doing because he's good at it doesn't mean it's of God. It could be of God, but just doesn't mean it is because he's successful. Doesn't necessarily mean it is because God's success isn't always measured by the world's success, and it's a little different sometimes. But when God touches what you're doing, you can walk like this for Jesus, and no one can stop you, and no principality of darkness can shake your foundation when you're standing on Jesus Christ, who is the rock. He is the foundation. You can strut your stuff humbly in the name of Jesus and know that if I take it and God's touched it, it's going to work. I don't have any fear. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no one because your rod and your staff, they comfort me because you are with me, God. Just think if Conor McGregor went all in for Jesus. Whoa. That's what Paul did. Paul wasn't always for Jesus, but he had a fire for what he did, and he owned it. He was just owning in the wrong thing. He was killing Christians until he got knocked off his high horse, no pun intended. He said, wait a second, I'm owning something, I've got it, but it's in the wrong thing. And so he did a 180. And some of us are in that stage. We need to do a 180. Or some of us are just walking in a 90-degree thing. We're not necessarily walking backwards, but we're walking sideways. We're not getting closer. If you're not getting closer, you're not... You're not getting anywhere. You're staying the same. And we're, we're, we're called to grow as a church. We're called to grow as people. And as we grow, people will cultivate to this mission because people love growth and growing hearts are contagious. Amen. Come on, somebody, if you believe it. And it's not just me. But each and every one of us got to own it and say, I want in. I want all in. I'm going to own it. God is looking for owners. He doesn't want to give out any more loans. He wants you to own it this time. It's all yours. You get the deed now. I've blessed it. Now you're ready to go harvest that field. You don't need my manna no more because I've taught you how to grow your own fruits and vegetables. That's what he did for the Israelites. God knows your heart. And the only one you're holding back is yourself until you let go of the loose ends own the experience, and go all in, standing on the rock of ages. That's when you'll be ready for more. That's when you'll desire more. God has more to give you when you're ready to take it. He won't force feed you accountability. He won't force feed you provision or supply. He wants to see what you do with what he's been giving you. And if you take it and you use it to the best of your advantage for the season you're in, he is going to promote you to something different. But you got to be faithful with what you've been given and go all in. The blessings, the best ones are in the unexpected things, not the things you thought would be what it is. We've got some volunteers here. I won't mention any names, but they got into some things they thought they were going to hate. I hear some laughs. Because what they expected was to hate what they ended up growing from the most, what they ended up really loving. Can I say loving? Can I get an amen on that? Loving? Okay, thank you. I won't call you out. Thank you. She, she went from thinking it was not for her to loving what she does, and it was not something she planned. That's what God will do. You step, I step. You step, I step. We got to make a song one day, Mike. One of these days, you'll be ready for more when you take it all in for God right now. Quit waiting for it to look good and go all in today. 
God won't bless what won't budge. It's quiet in here. He won't bless it if it won't budge. Got to move. You step, I step. Don't be fearful of accountability. Embrace it. You get used to it. The whole responsibility thing, you know, pressure, it's all relative. You just laugh it off. When it feels heavy, you go, I know people say I'm crazy and I'm getting gray and stressed out, but I got Jesus. I don't, I don't fear nothing. And then you laugh it off and you remember who's holding the weight. For real. Waiting for God to fix it. God called you to leave it. Your fix is to leave it. Your fix is to go to what he's calling you to. Quit waiting for to fix this before I go do this. God says, just go do this and I'll fix that. Because I'm going to take it out of your life. I'm going to take that baggage out of your life. I'm going to take that hurt out of your life. You need a change of scenery, says God. And you step by step. If y'all could stand with me this morning as we wrap up. Y'all getting this? Is this working? Is God penetrating hearts today? I pray it does. Some of y'all have been waiting for God to increase what he called to give you for you to give right now. I'll do it when. God says, give all your mites, two mites right now, and I'll multiply it. Quit waiting for 10 mites before I multiply because I said give the two. And that's everything you can give. And that's what I want because that means I have your heart. When you give all of your heart, that's what that means. It's not about the money. It's about giving all of your heart. And until you do, you're stopping you from you. He didn't call you to qualify his expectation with your understanding. And get this, church. Faithfulness without expectation is what leads to surpassing all expectations. When you go all in without thinking about an expectation, that's when God's going to blow your mind. He's going to change you, Lisa, in a way you didn't know you could be changed. He's going to blow your mind. He's going to shock your senses and go, oh my God, I don't know what is happening, but all my expectations have been passed, and this is better than what I thought, because I thought it was going to be like this, and when I thought it was going to be like this, then I only operated in this capacity. But when I said, I don't care what it looks like or what it feels like, I'm going all in because it's the Bible and the truth doesn't, doesn't sway, then God says, okay, now I'm going to blow your mind and change your whole world. I'm going to shake up your soul. I'm going to shake up your foundation. I'm going to give you new roots because those old roots don't have anything connected to them. They're not getting any water. And I'm the living water. Until you get a drink from my will, you're going to, will, you're going to continue to thirst. You need new roots in your garden. Come on, somebody. So that's what I encourage you to do is own the opportunity for accountability. 